Welcome to Tree of Life Storytellers. This is Nicholas Bond. I'm here with uh, three fine colleagues. We're all going to tell a little bit of an interweaving story that none of us know the end or even the beginning. Or the middle. Ooh. Or the middle. Or the middle. Ooh. Pretty exciting. Chili. <laughs> okay. Um, here we go. To my left is Yuri. Yuri. A toast. <laughs> Go. One, two, three, Go. Five. No, we don't have a subject today. Mm. No, it's great. It's going to be up in the air. It's going to be wide and open. Mm. You know, we're the only ones listening to it, so we can say whatever we want. Nobody else listens to the show. Yeah, and also so let's good. introduce Nick because he has yeah. an, he has an anchor station as well. What's what's the name? Uh, it is the only game in town. The only game in town, as it should be. <laughs> All right. But the idea, what do we want to talk about today? Radical honesty. Radical honesty. Mm. What what causes that? Because that's seeming to be a rare thing nowadays with uh, white lies and social media. and It seems to be easier to tell lies, but radical honesty seems to be a... What is that? Is that another... Um, what is that? Is that another... Uh, it's kind of like tubular truth-telling, but it's more like radical honesty. It's pretty radical. Hmm. It's pretty radical. Right, I don't know if you'd get it. Is that a movement? That phrase? Is that a movement? Radical honesty is a movement. Kind of like uh, okay. yeah, uh, toxic masculinity. That, yeah, that I suppose. Is it like that? I mean, conceptually. Where yes. a group of people have no nothing to do, they don't have a job, and then they come up with a phrase, and then somehow it becomes popular. And it's not somehow. It. it has roots. It has roots sure. in the culture. Sure. Yeah, it's memes. Well, like the definition of toxicity, you know, it's just having too much of a thing. Like you can have water toxicity. It's like there's no poison, just poisonous doses. That's the classic phrase. So mm-hmm. if you you could be too male and that's toxic, or boy, you could be too female, that's toxic too. You know, you could be too nice. You could be huh. too. You could be too nice, though. That yeah. is a problem. You could be too aggressive. You could be toxic in your in your aggression, or you could not be assertive enough, and that's also toxic. You're just kind of like, yeah, okay, and you go along with whatever, and then all of a sudden you're helping load people into a truck. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. People yeah. get into situations where their, uh, their good nature gets them into situations where they're blatantly taken advantage of by the people who know how to do it. And it's sad to see, but you see it in, in certain industries. Uh, hmm. Hollywood. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. <clears throat> Anyways. Kevin Spacey. An excellent actor. He Great was all right. Singer. But I feel like his latest roles is who he really is. Hmm. Isn't that every actor's great role? Yeah. Uh, when was the last time Johnny Depp some, pulled something out, completely out of left field? Like, recently. He did a new Pirates of the Caribbean. Does that mean Leonardo DiCaprio is a new one? A new Pirates of... Yeah. He's Jack like Sparrow kind of again. A, yeah, right. Jack Sparrow again. <laughs> He's a whole nest of sparrows. <laughs> do, you, do you think any of the celebrities practice radical honesty? <laughs> We're not going to get into it. I think, I think Carrie. I think Jim Carrey is into it. I think so, too. I saw that 
Mm, what's going on with Jim Carrey? Like, the stuff that he's been like posting and like interviews what? that he's been doing. He's like, what is he trying to say? I, I, I tried to you listen to some of it. He's like, we are God. Everything is God. I'm not Jim Carrey. I'm not me. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's been reading some Buddhist texts for sure. He's been involved in things, had some free time, had some uh, access to information and to people who are thinking about things in a different way than the normal actor in Hollywood probably is, or the normal millionaire, billionaire, I don't know how much money he has, but I guess that's kind of unimportant. Mm-hmm. Do you think he just has a lot of free time? Doesn't know what to, he's bored? Um, I mean, traditionally, the thinkers, the shamans, whatever, those people are not generally useful in other means. They're like, they're not hunting, you know, they're not taking care of the kids, you know, they usually wander off into the woods and they go crazy and come back and they can barely keep it together. And what they're barely keeping together, they manage to share with everybody else. Hmm. It's it's like, hey, just leave John alone. He he just, he says some stuff. He's thinking about some things, you know. It's like Jesus in the desert for 40 days, right? Right. I mean, (laughs) starvation makes you think some things. That's a psychedelic experience. Radical honesty. I feel like one way that you can actually practice radical honesty in your life is by being honest with uh, what you put in your body. I'm going to skip on the radical honesty. I'll take a (laughs) break. You guys can cover that subject. I'll listen to you. Why? It just sounds like the goofiest (laughs) phrase ever created. Radical honesty. But let me put it another way. If you put it another way, I'll listen to it. I'm just tired of that phrase already. Yeah, I I am too. Now that you mentioned three minutes. Integrity. Hmm. Okay. Like saying what you mean. And being honest as a human being, congruency. being honest as a human being, congruency. Yes. Can you congruency? Sure. I mean, all that. So, is sense. being honest important? Is that where we're going? I mean, I would imagine. <laughs> how, how do you get anywhere if you're not honest? Like, you don't know the lay of the land. You're yeah. you're lying to yourself. You're you know lying to other people. And well, hey, Hitler went really far with honesty. Do you think he was really being? <laughs> do you think he had an opportunity to be honest? I mean, if. If nobody disagrees with you, yeah, can you uh, ever grow? Like the point of the honesty is like to see what you think. It's not to justify everything that you think, yeah, but to expose, to exposit, to share that information. Like you write to know what you think, or at least I do mm, anyway. Yeah, and having a conversation with people, you can say things like, uh, you know, I'm just in the moment. I'm not trying to say something that I had been trying to say from before some prepared statement to get you to think this particular thing about me in order to blah, 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 whatever step down the line. But just be in the moment and, res- and respond honestly. And you're like, wow, I'm surprised that I said that. That doesn't, that sounds odd. All right, let's think about that and go into it. And then you can discover more things about yourself and the people around Hopefully you get it. It also ties into presence, you know, being present. Like yeah. you were saying in the moment, like I was thinking that a second before you said it, like being fully present in the moment and allowing things to flow through you instead of trying to construct a certain way of, you know, like trying to manipulate things. Well, to go to social media, to mention before that uh, you put your best self forward or Mm -hmm. like you smile when you meet somebody instead of, you know, you may be feeling a little shitty, but it's like, all right, let me take a breath. All right, here we go. 
Objective perspective. So I think it's easy, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's easy to get caught up in, in your own kind of biological system, reference point, you know, state of mind. And it's very, I find it very beneficial to have feedback from, from other minds. Like if I'm writing something or. You want positive or negative feedback? I actually, I, I see constructive criticism. Constructive People don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, it's a very fine line. You don't get the truth. You don't get honesty if people are being nice. Yeah. If people are being truthful, then they're, they don't know if, you know, your real friends might be pretty honest with you. And uh, you understand that they're just being honest. Well, you Sometimes would hope, you like, you you would would hope like that they are honest with you. But, but they have your best, you know. And like you said, Hollywood might be pretty honest too when you're going through your, you know, what is that, monologues, and, and um, they're pretty honest. Like, you suck. You're not going to make it by. We're not going to call you back. I mean, sure, but the whole, like, you know, don't call us, we'll call you thing, it's like, yeah, let's do lunch, and then that's the last you hear from them. Mm-hmm. That kind of, the, that politeness. I feel like even though it seems disingenuous, there's something true about it. Like, the, the idea that everything is true because it is, and you have to understand what it is that is true about it requires your uh, awareness and observation. So if somebody's saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's great. You, you have know? to understand like, that they're not doing great. Yeah, you have to know what that means, that they feel like being, like admitting that they're not okay is an admission of weakness, and that weakness will incite you to attack them. And the, that reason is because they have some experience with that, and so they're avoiding it. And then, so the truth is encased in... Even the most heinous and opposite of lies, it, it, it can be seen. It can be seen if you're paying attention. You just have to pay attention. Yeah. If you really. But then, do you really care if they're feeling all right? You know, a lot of times people go, "Hey, how are you?" Like, I don't give a crap, but I'll still ask you. Right. You know, and they go, "I'm feeling all right. Good, good, good. Bye." Yeah, these are just sounds. These are sounds you make. You drop your coins into the toll booth. You know. How you doing? Good. Great. Good. All right. Why not? And then they go. I'm not feeling that great. And you go. Damn it. Why'd you have to tell me that? Now I have to ask you why. You're wasting my time. This happens to me often. Uh, driving with Lyft, people get in the car like, "Hey, how's your night going?" It's like, "Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. How about yours?" Yeah, that's good. And then silence for the next twenty minutes. Yeah. That's pretty common. I mean, some people actually use that as an innocuous... So now let me ask you, as a Lyft driver, do you want conversation or do you not like it? I am ambivalent to conversation. It depends on whatever it is. Like, I'm there to provide a service and whatever that entails. 
Yeah. Do you like when people get in the car and just chit chat chatter chatter chitter chatter chatter? Uh, Chatty Kathy. So I mean, <laughs> sure, I can derive some enjoyment out of whatever conversation it is. If they get in and they go, "Hi, I'm Chatty Kathy. How are you?" Yeah, no, I get How that. How was your day? I, I had some very intoxicated uh, middle-aged women the other day. Um, Do tell. And they were like, one was laying over in the back seat, and there's your bed, like, Nicholas, Nicholas, so how is your night going? That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> That's That's fun. Like, I'm doing great. Thank I you. Tell you if, you were, if you were better looking, I'd tell you everything. <laughs> you know, I think it also depends on what kind of conversation you're going to get, because I work with in customer service a little bit, and sometimes you pick up the phone. The person that's chatting is, like, great, you know, and interesting to listen to. You you love that. That, like, sparks up your day. But other times you pick up the phone and the person's really chatting, and you're like, oh, God, please stop. <laughs> please. You know, yeah, just put them on hold. Yeah. You're like, all right. You know, I'm too nice for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing, too, that maybe the person who you're talking to, it's the first conversation they've had that day. Maybe that yeah. week. You know, maybe they try and start conversations with people yeah. and everyone's just like, yeah, fine, okay. You know, and then they turn the radio off or whatever. Right. Or, you know, they have their Bluetooth headset in, they're having a conversation, and you're just an ancillary. You're just, like, in the background of their life, which is... Still listening, though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. totally. Totally. <laughs> you have no choice. It's always always right? listening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if um, if you were, let's say, a, a Lyft or Uber driver, could you, would it be okay to block yourself completely, like a limo driver would have that thing that would go up, Yeah. and they can't have any interaction with you? It's, Is that okay to do that? That's the same thing with taxis in New York. They always have a, a screen a partition. Because then you can do whatever you want. You know that you pick this person up, you drop him off, you don't have to interact with them. You don't say hello, nothing, just... You're on your own, your own bubble. You don't have to worry about them trying to strangle you with the belt. If you're in the listening seat. to yes, your... the belt, I mean, yeah. yeah. Have you ever worried about that? Being strangled yeah. in the backseat? Have you ever um, had He's like, a karate master. I mean, third degree. <laughs> Where you wonder, like, are they going to hurt me? He's got a black belt. No, I mean, it, yeah. uh, it depends. No, I, I don't have a black belt. It's actually, it is black. But he's got oh, a black belt. Oh, he does. It's hey, true. It's you know, he's just, very worn. he's just very humble. Yeah. We know Nick, he's got a black he's belt in jujitsu, yeah. and he's, he's, he's a killer. Always gracious. He's like an Andrew Conback. Yeah. Always yeah. gracing black belt. He's good. I don't like to brag, but no. <laughs> you have any questions? Pretty just badass. call us. Yeah. We're pretty badass here. So, hey, going, um, now, we don't know a lot about you on this side, don't? So, do you want to, I don't know if you want to share some stuff about your life, where you were born in? I was born in New York City. Which part? Queens. Bar so, Stills. if you're comparing Queens to Harlem, who's, are you cooler than them, or are they cooler than you? Do uh, they own you? I don't know, that's tough to say. Um, you Malcolm X, China Shoes in Harlem? No, I mean, I, used, I usually shine my shoes at home, uh, mm -hmm. generally, uh, but I don't know, I, I have lived in Harlem, I lived on 145th Street, I lived on uh, 123rd, uh, 110th East Harlem, and there's not really a huge, there's not really like a huge difference. What's the dangerous spot right now, these days? Dangerous spot? Chicago. Well, in New York. <laughs> yeah, the Bronx. Chicago. Bronx. The Bronx, yeah. Where you can just have a bottle thrown at you, I mean, out of nowhere. Sure. Thing, things happen. Although if you're lucky. Ow, that hurts. 
a couple of years ago, there was a thing where um, people were playing this game. I say game loosely, but it's where you you know walk up to somebody on the street, you have to like knock them out with one punch, and then one of their friends would film it. And it was, you know, what if you don't get him? What if he's got a pretty solid chin? You just get him, and he's like, "Hey, man, what the hell?" They usually sucker punching somebody. You have a pretty good chance of knocking them out. I got a broken jaw. Yeah. Uh, with a kick. Yeah. One good kick to the jaw. Yeah. Broke it in half. Um, I wicked. with the toe. Of, well, I don't know. I, I don't remember how he did yeah. it, but I know that he kicked me in the jaw with mm-hmm. with his foot. With his foot. With his foot. Yeah, like his foot. Yeah. Boom! Clean shot. Uh huh. Broke my jaw in half. And this is where all the nerves are. Yeah. But it was okay. I didn't. I didn't get knocked out. So would that mean he would lose the game if he played that game? Um. What yeah, I, win, I mean, he doesn't get the points. So he doesn't get the points, but might, yeah, okay, I get it. I mean, so if he knocks you down, it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Like broke that, uh, man, broken broke that jaw would still get you half a point, I, I believe. Probably. But yeah. the point is that these victims are no like regular people. Any could it be an older man, man, like old man, old grandma, even? Yeah, it's usually not. It's usually not women. Usually, the people get picked on are men. Part of our uh, mm. yeah. So now, um, do they? Well, how would you avoid that? You just have to. You have to be aware. You have to be aware of yeah. assholes in your vicinity. So you have to know where you're at. Yeah. Rear view mirrors. You, so yeah. you, it's not dangerous if you're aware. Sure. Sure. Like that's my experience in in uh, Colombia as well. You know, being in a different place, the signs of danger are different. So. So uh, when did you? Uh, so growing up in New York. Yeah, and then, but oh, I lived all over the U.S. Uh, I've lived in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Florida, Virginia. Uh, what was the most Illinois. humid? Which, which state was the most humid? humid? Uh, I mean, Florida's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Florida's pretty humid. But the Midwest uh, was also very humid. It was 115 one summer. 115 How did you end up in Colombia? Uh, JD, our the guest mm-hmm. from two times ago, he's a Colombian national, and I met him at uh, Miami Ad School. Mm, okay, that was in Miami. Uh, oddly enough, given the name, but uh, yeah, so it was just kind of like, hey man, you should come down, you'll like it. And you lived there for how long? A year. Hmm. So how would you give us a little uh, life in, little in Colombia? Like when you got there, yeah, what's the daily? Daily routine <laughs> in Colombia. I'm sure yours was different from the people there, but what was your routine like there? Mm. Well, I would usually get up, um, make some, like boil some water, make some eggs, uh, pour, a, pour a cup of mate with my housemate. Shout out to Carlos. And, uh, hey, Carlos, what's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carlos, Carlos. Uh, hey. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good time, and then I would, I mean, depending on what day it was, I would. It was like five or five thirty in the morning. I would ride my bike down to uh, the Bayer offices and teach some people English, hmm. some executives. And, uh, Bayer so, Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So if you're in no English, uh, would you find a job? Pretty easy there. Just Do you have to speak Spanish? 
Or where do they speak? They speak Spanish, Spanish or so? Yes. Yes, okay. they, they speak uh, lots of Spanish. And it's not too hard to pick up. I mean, the... You picked it up pretty well. Yeah. 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 Hola, Michola. I, <laughs> I had a teacher that the first year of Spanish I ever took, she only spoke Spanish, and I picked up more Spanish than I ever did my second year with a teacher that spoke English but taught us Spanish. Mm. I feel like my second year teacher was, like, a better teacher, but the, the fact that the first year teacher was only speaking Spanish to us, <laughs> and we just kind of had to had to learn. There was no choice. Like, that made it yes. easier, almost. So to, she didn't even use, speak English to she you? She didn't speak any English that, to us. You think that word. helped you better? That actually helped because you were forced wow. to try to understand the person and expanded your mind in a way. So now you, you can go there and just speak English to them and then have them figure it out and that will help them better, more. Yeah, as long as you can overwhelm their population with English speakers. Although they, the... The drive to learn English is pretty high down there. Like there, uh, you know, Spanish is spoken in a lot of places, but not as widely as English. So it's like more beneficial for them to learn English than for anybody here really to learn Spanish. It's not like Spanish opens a lot of doors for mm -hmm. Americans. So now, if they know English very well mm -hmm. over there, mm -hmm. Colombia, and they know obviously they know Spanish. Does that open a lot of doors for where I can oh, yeah. opportunity there? Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. Like you teaching opportunities as well as business. I mean, any company uh, that is international generally is going to have like an English component to it. So as, a as, a, as an English teacher in Colombia, could you make a good living there? No, not really. really. It depends. It depends on who you work for mm -hmm. and what your, what your clients are like. Where I worked, it was all right. I mean, you can get by. Things are pretty cheap down there. Pretty cheap. Uh, food is very inexpensive. Did you um, like it there, or did you want to just leave and go back to, <laughs> to go back home? No, I loved it there. I loved the fruit. I loved the quality of the light. Um, like there are so many beautiful plants, and the, the climate, the the animals, dogs there are incredible. Like it's. It's a it's a beautiful place to be. It's also uh, it's like living in a National Geographic, and that might sound incredibly like far removed, but from somebody who grew up in the United States, generally in a like lower like upper lower lower middle maybe middle middle class. If, I mean at the highest probably. Uh, that's, I mean, living in suburbs and that kind of stuff, or small towns, the the level of relative poverty is extremely high. But people make do with all kinds of... They're happy. Black. Yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're happy people. That was actually an yeah. odd thing I saw when we went as a missionary team to Juarez, Mexico, the fact that these people who had nothing, literally, like, years before that, their town was, like fully invaded by drug lords and people who were, like, destroying the place. Did they have food? Some of them did, some of them didn't. We mm. literally fed people who were starving mm. at some point, but the fact that people seemed happier than here in the U.S., who, like, these people who have everything, mm -hmm. you know, that was a shocking factor to me. I still, you know, don't know. Yeah, no, I think like, like, wow. having food and shelter and no bills would be a happy life. A lot of people, uh, even in, in Ukraine, 
they don't have bills. They have a, a little house. Mm-hmm. They own it. Um, they have enough food. They're and never hungry. And they always look at, oh, I want to go to America. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. I've seen it on TV and marketing movies. And it's like heaven, really. It's like sure. almost like heaven. From a distance. They're dreaming sure about coming here. Then they could get here and, oh, got to work to, to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. And the bills come in, like $2,000 for rent for one apartment, one bedroom I recently apartment. had relatives mm-hmm. move to the U.S., like, less than a year ago, a little bit under a year ago, and there's, there are, like, a few of the families are literally saying, like, we want to go back. Like, we want to go back, we miss it. It's like, your quality of life there is terrible compared to here, but... Yeah, the quality of life is terrible. But the fact that they have to work and they're not used to that, they're used to waking up at, like, 10 a.m. and <laughs> feeling like that's normal, and it's like, no, I'm up at 5 every morning, that's normal for me, you know? Mm. I get up and depends work Depends on what day. you want. Depends on what's normal. It depends on and if, if, you, if For you, if it's normal to have a, a nice house, uh, a, a garage, uh, two a cars, garage. you know, and, and then a boat... Maybe you do have to work a little harder and get mm-hmm. up at five in the morning, but if you're okay with just having enough food and shelter yeah. and having a good time, you don't need those cars. It's true. You can more, go fishing. More money, more problems. I more money, more problems. <laughs> yes. But the competition yeah, aspect, you know, I feel like after a certain level of surplus, of a certain level of, of stability, people will begin to create art. But if they have, I think if there's too much of it, people lose it. <laughs> they go off the deep end because they're looking for purpose and oftentimes having a work, you know, working, it, it, I feel like it's, it's uh, such an ingrained part of uh, humans for the last, what, how many years? All of them. Yes. But it's something to do. It's something that, like, you, you focus on and, and you do well and, and you try to do the best of your ability and... In, in some way that that's your contribution as, as, as a citizen to society, some more than others, of course. And well, sure, that ties into what we started with, with the, the free time that you have to have to be somebody who's thinking about philosophy and what it means to be a human being. And they're not like, I'm in the field, you know, growing stuff so that I can not die this winter. You know, because I got... You know, these goats are going to give birth and i got to take care of them and you know, all these things, that planning for the future and being incredibly occupied with those things. But once you have a couple of people, which goes back to what you said about they don't have anything, well, they don't have anything. They have all of the people around, all the people around. Like, the greatest asset that any human can have is another human. Or like social, social connection. Absolutely. And social media is making that... A- a radical thing. Let's just say radical again. It, yeah, but it's, I mean, could you say it's good or bad? It's hard to say. I mean, it's not, it's, it's how you a use tool. it, isn't it? It's a tool, yeah. for sure. For some people, like, I mean, in New York, like, shut-in culture, it's even weird to call it that. What like, is shut-in culture? Like, there are people in New York who don't leave their apartment for 30 years. Okay. Yeah. You know, they have rent control, they pay that, that's it. Agoraphobia? Agoraphobia? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there are I people mean, who are literally, like, afraid to leave. And you know what's crazy? Like, I get it, in a way. I see what their perspective is. But it's also, like, I can't believe that society... Could you ex- society, try to explain their perspective? It's actually Go really ahead. hard to. I just, I, I know what they feel when it's, like, a severe state of anxiety. When you're, you have, like, a severe state of anxiety, you yeah. don't want to leave. Like, 
you want, don't want to face reality. So I see how like a person with you know such external influences as our culture and the media and certain things like that can form such a severe state of anxiety where they don't want to leave their home. I I see like where they're coming from, but also it's like it's scary that we've come to that place. Mm. You know what's wrong with, I mean, not wrong, but you see, you don't see this very often anymore. Kids just playing with, with, with physical knives. things knives. that are not. Knives. 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 I'm a knife out of wood and I, I You know that game where yeah. you're, you have three guys and you have land, mm-hmm. you make a circle with your knife and you, you throw the knife and then you carve out your area as far as you can reach until you gain all the area. It's a game. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> it's a beautiful game. We well, we played it in. Uh, they did this in back. America called claim staking. Oh my gosh! You, you run out, put your stakes down. Like this is. This you, is every, right. Everybody guys got a knife, and they throw it as far as as far like in the other guys' um, territory as they can, and then they carve out and they build their empire by taking over everybody's land. How do you differentiate whose circle is whose? You uh, cut it, in, let's say if you have three people playing the game, uh-huh. you have a huge circle, and then cut it into three people, three uh, um, spaces, like a, a pizza, right? You cut it into three okay, equal pizza. equal uh, okay. slices. Okay. One stands, and then everybody gets a turn to throw the knife. <laughs> it's not just all at once, everyone's no, chopping knives. Everybody's got a turn. You throw your knife, and then you carve out as far as you can reach. So pe- I guess people with longer arms would always win the game. And good throwing skills, you know, so ah. you need two two skills there. Okay. Good throwing skills and long arms and you win the game. <laughs> if we were to tie this in with anxiety and agoraphobia. We're not tying nothing in. Come We're on. talking about a good game here. It is a good game. Well, I mean, the, the carving out of territory is no, the same boundaries. thing as like having boundaries. my place. Like, yes. this is my place where I'm safe. Like, nobody can get me here. But in your game, you can take over territory. Like, mm-hmm. a person with agoraphobia... Uh, who doesn't want to leave their apartment actually believes that there is a border between their world and the outside world, and that's their door. But if people came into their apartment, that would totally violate that, right? And then they'd be out wherever. But in in Colombia, like in the in the country, people don't have doors on their fucking houses. There's no glass in the windows. It's just like their house is just more like a, a roof. Yeah. It's like it's more mm-hmm. it's not it's not really a place space for outside. Yeah. So they're they're open to visitors all the time. Yeah. I mean I They don't I, mind people hearing their business, they don't mind any sort of they don't, they don't really lock really their doors. Yeah. I mean the, yeah, this is true. They're I mean it depends on if you're in the city is different from in the country, that's a totally mm-hmm. different yeah. story. So you wouldn't have valuable things in your house anyways. Everything's open. Yeah, like in Bogota everything's got a fucking lock on it. Everything. It's got a lock on everything. It's like got chains. It's attached. You don't leave anything out for a second. People will snatch it. You know, the Native Americans that. Who did I hear that from? I thought I was in a podcast. I, I heard that Native Americans didn't understand the uh, idea of like, having a property, your own things. Yeah. Everything was shared among the tribe. So when, mm-hmm. when the Americans showed up, and they had guns, they had their hats and coats. The Indians would just take it and put them on, and it was normal, or take their horses. Yeah, yeah. They Everybody they shared. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you can't own land. We're fooling them. They're, yeah. So they had to teach them. <laughs> they had to teach them, you know, property ownership by, by killing everybody. 
But think about it. That's a very intrusive concept. Way to listen. It's a very intrusive concept. Like you're coming in, you're, you're saying this, this, that, mine. You know, like it's you're claiming. Well, let me teach you how how this works. Go we'll ahead. Kill all of you here. Yeah. Your whole tribe. My my whole tribe. And we'll okay. we'll take over your your land. But that way you'll learn how, how to do this thing. Well, but the property rights are an extension of the like the first right that your your right to yourself to your bodily integrity and then it's like well mm -hmm. if the things that maintain my bodily integrity that I have like the product of your work is now synonymous with you because it's your time translated into some sort of object so to steal something of your property is to steal a part of you because it's they don't it's consider it stealing everything shared right so that's that's a different concept yeah. like this the western idea which one's better property well uh it's is it sharing or, or, or having my own thing and then selling it over to you and you can buy it or, or you can loan it? Capital. Well, it's like, it's a very complicated game that sort of facilitates those kind of things. And it, just like your knife territory game favors people with long arms and good hand-eye coordination. Uh, good throwing skills. Good throwing yeah. skills. Uh, the game of finances favors people like, um, you know, who have excellent math skills. Yes, and, and who are analytically inclined. And who are anal analytically inclined, and those who have a tight-knit environment that's able to weather the natural fluctuations in any market system, such as the community of Jews in New York. The Lamanites. If you build it, the Lamanites. <laughs> no, no, the Hasids. Like, if you're, if you're going to... If your building book burns down, your business burns down, then they buy you another one and you work in that business. It's not like you're screwed. Like, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about people stealing your stuff, you know, because, you know, you're taken care of. You're part of the community and you'll have what you need. So that that's kind of, uh, it's an appealing aspect of any society. I think it's related to the base of communism, socialism, and a lot of those those principles are very attractive. Like we all share anything, share everything in common, which we do. Like I could imagine that being here and, and somebody saying, "Hey, I'm going to buy this land." I'm like, "Okay, you're going to buy the land? Sure. Uh, yeah, let me sell you this air." And like everyone would laugh, right? Like, "Here, give me, give me uh, these diamonds for this air." It's like, "Okay, okay, that's <laughs> fucking yeah. idiot." Yeah. I sold, I sold them. A, a dream for yeah. a time. It's like you're gonna give me something real for a thing that you can't have. Ah. Ooh, genius. Ah. So they thought they were smarter. You're selling a dream, huh? Right? No, no but you know, it's not the dream. It's more like it's almost there's there's a consent happening. It's almost like there's an interaction happening. So if you were to imagine, so it's it's almost like a ritual act. So for for the the white man. <laughs> For the white man, right? He he is is, is basically stating what he's trying to impose, right? Do you mean an Englishman or a Spaniard, or perhaps? I'm a, yeah, I'm talking Frenchman. about very very early settlers. Yes, yeah. Uh, I don't take any offense. I'm no, I'm no, no, no relation, none whatsoever. <laughs> but his his concept of. You know, if he's making a deal, that is a, it's a form of verbal consent that he's making with, with 
whoever, right, with the natives, right, and that entitles him to shoot them when he sees them on the land. So right. it's actually, he, <laughs> you know, I feel like the, the early settlers were, were getting the Native Americans to buy into this concept of, and it was purely mental, right? Because it's 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 like uh, it's reinforced upon what everybody agrees upon cohesively. So their interest would be to to impose their way of thinking, ideology, which is one of the reasons why Christianity was on the front lines with with the soldiers, you know. Came with even even with Cortez, you know, you you, you read the document uh, documentaries about about these priests being on on, on the ship and interacting with with the soldiers and, and with the soldiers, and that they were sent out to to what they they would call these savages and try to convert them, to, so they would be more more passive uh, and able to deal with easier. But it goes back to land ownership and just the the concept of, of mentally create creating mental structures and then enforcing people to live in them. I, I feel like that that's oh, what laws yeah. are in a way. And anybody mm -hmm. has a gun. Nobody mm -hmm. uh, owns the um, owns the the law. So I tell you what to do because I have a gun and you have a sword or what do you have a, a dart? It's Mike makes right. Or what they have. You? But like, that's yeah, what the much. rule of law circumvents because it's a law that everyone can access equally. That's the idea, but it had a moral basis. And Americans mean, had the guns and natives had the, the bows and arrows. I mean, bows and arrows are cool. Sure. But they were really good at it. Yeah. There was only a few that were really good. But you yeah. shoot those people and they're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> you got the master okay. bow hunters. Okay, well, let's you compare shoot them Cortez. First. It's really good at some things. Yeah. Cortez to the Aztecs. So they had primitive weapons. They used obsidian, obsidian tipped spears and swords and knives. Whilst the Spaniards had full on steel. They had cannons, horses. They had horses. They had war dogs who also had shields and 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 uh, horses that and had shields. And they had shields. the Bible, the Word of God. And they had the seventy-five pound, seventy-five pound cannonballs that they were able to launch into just you know dozens and do dozens, thousands of of these uh, native people and knock them out with five hundred men, five hundred men versus you know twenty, thirty, fifty plus thousand warriors. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's the utility of the ideology as a tool, like that's the greatest weapon besides the firearms, besides the armor, besides the subjugation of the environment to the end goal of one singular ideology, which happens to benefit a small select group of people. <laughs> that, you know, when it's in service to their needs, then it's a powerful enough ideology that's the that's the best thing so yeah i guess i mean was it guns that won hmm. the united states or uh it was a lot of fighting a lot of killing yeah so it must have been the guns right but at the same time you know that that legend that the aztecs had of that year being a year that um somebody would would arrive right somebody who they considered a, a divine 
being on, you know, with winged, winged, or, you know, armored creatures, that same year corresponded to the same exact year that, that uh, Cortez arrived. So there, there's an element of synchronicity and prophecy and, you know, you, you would say coincidence, but it's a very uh, mysterious, very mysterious event. And the accounts that I've read and people's take on it, like Grant, Grant Ham, uh, Hancock has a book, interpretive book called War God, where he talks about, about um, it, in an interpretive way, of course, with, with characters that he creates, but with the, the actual you know, information from the docu- uh, diaries and journals of the soldiers who were there. Very stunning, very stunning. But going back to land ownership, mental constructs and ideology. We were talking about radical honesty at some point as well. Yes. Let's that go back is, to that. <clears throat> I think talking about Let's all these things, uh, honestly, like... You know, Radically honestly? Yeah, like taking your... You know, your... Radical you approach to a radical thought, Jesus. to a radical solution. <laughs> What's going on? This is rad, guys. No, it's totally rad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that you remove yourself from all of your group associations. Right, the opposite of identity politics, not identity politics. It's just the yeah. critique of pure reason, if you will. Um, hmm. The associations is a big one. You know, I've I've been confused. I was confused as a kid because you know I was a Ukrainian kid, born in Ukraine, and I was in America. So I wasn't Ukrainian, and I wasn't American, and I grew up with that weird hybrid identity where I was like, I'm neither. You know, people are like, "What? You're Ukrainian?" I'm like, "No, I'm also not American." But I, I found that that actually helped me um, approach people in a similar way, where I instead of categorizing them in some sort of of a box or nationality or, or bias, I would try to see them as individuals because I was like that. You know, it's. And you, you live and you learn, and you see that and that reflection in other people as well. Mm. Empathy. So that's related to radical honesty. It's important, like, being able to be real with yourself means that you can, you have to understand when people are being real with you, too, or it helps you understand. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. always hear people go, be yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Like, the way to be be. is to be yourself, and then that's the right way to be. You don't want to be something that other people want to see from you, or your idea of what others want you to be. Hmm, Personality. Um, But you can be yourself if you just kind of understand. I mean, is it easy to understand who you are for people? No, I don't think, I don't think it is. Like it requires a certain amount of awareness. Like, right? how do, they, do, do we understand the totality of man as a whole? How do people know <laughs> the undercurrents of How do people know when, they're, when they are themselves? Yeah. How do people know at, the, at what stage are they like, oh, hey, this is me. I hate everyone else but me. That's who I am. <laughs> 
I hate everyone. Who is this mysterious character you speak of? <laughs> Why did all this yes. hate all of a sudden hate, come into the picture? I hate <laughs> everything but me. It's not like a hide. What do being yourself requires yeah. hating It's possible that he's right. No, I would say Yuri is disagreeable, though. Yeah. Because it took him, it took me a long time to, to have him come around to at least being open to my my way of thinking or just, you know, being open to certain things. But you came around. Totally I the um, same way I, I I think I understand. Maybe you're disagree about. But I think he's just trying to say that you're right. I don't know what he's trying to say. All I'm saying is, trying to be being yourself is always hard for people. Okay. Good. Because they don't even know how to. Is it always hard for people? I don't, I don't know. know. I, that's what I think. That's interesting. Because people I, want to be liked. What? And they they they're not they're not what always. What if some people are raised nurtured? in an environment where it's okay to be yourself and that's how they grow up to be you know so it's not i don't okay. think it's always what that, difficult what does that mean what does that mean yeah being Healthy yourself parenting parents that, that allow a person to become themselves and express themselves you don't think there are situations where that's the case i think that in cases of healthy parenting the child ends up with less baggage to 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 unpack later and, and, and yeah. deal with like on a mental level but I think it's also radically honest. I think radical honesty with children uh, is, I think, a worthwhile approach. Because if you give them all the information and trust them to make the decision, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what radical honesty is. I, I thought we covered that already. Well, what is going on here? Come I mean, on, guys. If a, if a parent is basically the booster rocket on the the shuttle of the child, then to not expend all the fuel of the parent is a waste and it, it, it only hinders. If they if the booster rocket hangs on after it's spent its fuel, it's just dragging on yeah. the, and the, yeah. the shuttle's never gonna make it out yeah. of the atmosphere. So that that has to go. Like <laughs> it has to be designed to go. It has to it has to joyfully fall uh -huh. freely into the ocean, yeah. watching its greatest production go to its See it fall. real end. There it goes. Yeah, yeah you have to let it go. Actually. Yeah, let My it go. My father really gives me that. Expand on that. Okay. So yeah. would you feel like that that's a a case of healthy parenting or yes okay and Go ahead. i definitely think that he's gone through you know his hard times and that impacted our relationship and me as a person but in general my dad my dad is like the best dad ever he's like he yeah he actually he wants the best for me and he wants us to expand and explore us yeah, like, you know what? I, I believe that. I know your dad. He I've met was, him. He's yeah, cool. he's very, like, he has a very good heart. Like, and he wants the best for his heart. children. Yeah. That's what I thought. And for everybody around him. He, like, he, he has a business and the way that he treats his employees. I have worked for a number of different people. Like, I've, I've worked for so many, you know, different companies and different businesses. I've been exposed to certain organizations. And... I've never seen a boss so like fair and caring towards his employees. Being fair is important, and if you're somebody's boss, yeah, and like I haven't seen a, like a boss with That's with such good intentions. And I, the word boss is always kind of uh, yeah. I, I don't know if, if I really employer. want. Yeah. Even if I had yeah. employees, I don't know if I wanted to become mm -mm. 
become a boss. Yeah. And that's exactly... Yeah. That's what they call you in a bodega in New York. Like, hey, boss, what do yeah. you need? Hey, boss man. <laughs> yeah. Chief. Like, chief. Yeah, hey, chief. Chief. Yeah. chief would be that's better. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Like, chief. Not. He's but my chief. Yeah. My dad <laughs> thinks of his employees <laughs> as, like, investments <laughs> and, you know, just like, yeah. It's, he's just, like, a good, a good man. I'm so glad I have him in my life. Likewise. Yeah, no, great. that's good. I think every yeah. every child should feel the same way about their parents. Yeah. If if they don't, then there's a problem. You're right. Mm. But but whose problem is it? Yeah, your because Not let's say problem. in the case that like, you don't kid. have a good relationship with you don't your like your life. Parents. You should be glad we made you. You're not a helpless pup. Uh, we didn't have to make you. Of You're course. here. Figure yeah. it out. Hey, I could have killed you and made another one just like you. Don't you. like me? I'm your father. You don't like the way I am. You don't like my rules. Oh. Find yeah. me a river, you yeah. know, go pray about it. Yeah, you know, like it, go, go. Make you can it, leave. Make your life. You can leave. Room. Somebody gonna get hurt real bad. You know, the kids yeah. that have like, oh, I, I don't, I don't, I can't do this because of my father, because, you know, he was rude, or, or that, I feel like it's an excuse. Or that, that person that is still very yeah, hurt and dealing like. with the emotional baggage and My trauma. father didn't yeah, give me a that car. Person is, more detail. That person is still probably dealing did with he? that emotional baggage and trauma. He did. Sure. It's, I mean, that's why he that did. person is in the car. that way. <laughs> right. No, it's it's, it's unprocessed. Process. That's unprocessed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that's not easy to Everybody process. has that. Yeah, everybody goes through times like that where sure. they, you know, feel that way and they express themselves that way and then they realize it's like, oh, something that wasn't dealt with, clearly. Mm. <laughs> and when do you think you see that stuff that you haven't dealt with? When you outgrow uh, it. I mean, perspective shift. Perspective sure. shift when you're important. I mean, sometimes life, if you're not willing to grow... If you're not willing to listen and be aware enough and grow, life will put you into a situation where you're forced to you listen You have to have difficult necessities of other intention, like the things that people had to work. They didn't have to work. You have to go through things to grow. You can't grow What kind of things? things? You can't grow without struggle. Is it and, new things or know, the same things? I was thinking earlier uh, about everything. how you guys were saying... the same things if you haven't learned yet. Yeah. <laughs> you have how to you guys go through it. We were saying about uh, what was the first very basic... Radical honesty. Radical honesty is tied in <laughs> to growth because when a person is dishonest, all of a sudden that growth is interrupted, and you can, and that is why you can sense dishonesty. I feel like ah, because see, all of a sudden there's stagnation, and you're like incongruency, incongruency, stagnation, and you're like there's yes. something there, and that you know yeah. it's all tied together in that sense. What does it mean when they say Allah Akbar? <laughs> God is great. Okay. Next question. Next question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> that was so good. That covered it. That is good enough. I mean, there are so many other ways to say it. In fact, that every fiber of creation itself says that God is great in a way far more eloquent any of us could express, so I don't really think it's necessary to blow anything up to say God is great. I mean, that's, for efficiency's sake, don't be a suicide bomber. I mean, just economically. Sponsored by. <laughs> do you know, I, I, was, I always wonder, do they have, do they have doubts before the last 
five seconds. What do you think, Yuri? Okay, <laughs> let's let's get into this. You are you're, okay, dude. You have ten minutes, and you're going. I will have seventy-nine virgins. Okay, you understand? Ten minutes. You have ten minutes, and your your life is going to end. It means a it means a shitload. Have you said goodbye to your your father, your mother? I don't care. Your brother. I do not care. Your, your sister. Not. Your donkey. <laughs> your donkey. I'll tell you one thing, my brother. I miss that ass. <laughs> I blow myself up. Kill everybody. <laughs> Why? Members. Why? Why are you doing this? You have so much to live for. You can have a family. You can go to the z- to the zoo every <laughs> once in a while with your family. That's really sad. Right? There's, As you s- there's more to life than this. There's more to life, my brother. Have I converted you? This is good. What's Keep happening? <laughs> There's more to life, then why not stick around and find out about it? But you've got, I mean, okay, so do you think that they have doubts? You asked the question, but I want you to answer it. Can you answer what? The question. Do they have doubts right before they, they go and commit of course, suicide? Of course, they're human beings. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they what keeps live. them going? What is the force that says, do it? I see, I don't even know the do it. backstory. Do it! Is somebody threatening their family? Like, if you don't do it, we'll kill your family. Or is it a willing, like, an optional thing where you do what you want, like, like a missionary from a Mormon church? <laughs> Whoa! Do you want to do it? You want to blow things up? Go ahead, blow it up. If you don't, don't do it. It's up to you. Or is it more like you have been chosen, my brother? If you don't do it, we'll kill all of your family. Well, I don't know if I'm doing the accent correctly, but, but uh, no, it's whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. You know, is it is it one of those things where it's not an option for them? They're chosen. Well, it seems like on they they're, they're, they're on the outskirts. Motivations are individual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you could, let's just say not every person is inspired to be a missionary for the faith that they represent. They but cho- the they people, to go. but the people who choose to go, the small amount, the few, the brave, the proud, not the Marines, those people. <laughs> are the ones on the edges of that extreme and radical Islam is is yeah it's they feel like it's one of those things where there's a very very small band they make them feel like extreme if they do it then they're never going to regret it they choose to do it they will not regret it I don't know I haven't talked to well the Mormons tell me that I tell them, why did you why did you go on a mission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went because I know I will not regret it. Regardless of anything. How did they know that? That's a good mindset though. Because that they, seems like NLP. You always think that you're not gonna regret it. Won't regret this thing. Until you fucking do later when you've been thinking about it, you're like, well, I wish it was different. And then after you regret it, then you're like, Oh yeah, but I can't do anything about it. Not you unless you know that the Mormon is true. <laughs> <laughs> See, I missed that key piece of information. If you believe and you know, because you have to know, the burning, you, you will have that feeling. I want the burning, the itching, the cracking. Now, we are I not... I see uh, not. It helps everybody. We are not qualified to, uh, to talk about it because we, I don't think we've, we're had, we've had the answer for ourselves. But <clears throat> for some, it's just, um, they know. They know. You don't have to... Well, what what do they know? What do they know? And where is it coming from? Where is it? There's There's one thing now. Where is it coming from? There's no regret. regret, But about the information, do you think it's, you know, are they processing this information? What age? At what age? Because, you know, there's studies that that kind of confirm that 
the, is the frontal cortex. The cerebral cortex does not mature until age 25, 28. So how can you expect you know, a person uh, before that age to make very critical Well, if you indoctrinate, if you indoctrinate children matters. to go from first grade to 12th grade believing that Columbus was a hero, then they'll believe he's a hero. They'll celebrate that day. Right. I'll have to take that day off, boss. Celebrating Columbus. <laughs> have, a drinks with, have a few drinks with my buddies. You know, he found America, didn't he? All right. Okay. I won't come to work today. What about <laughs> the claims of people? Well, who the, was he? Like Columbus? You know, you, they don't know. They don't care to, to know like, who he was. It's a doesn't holiday. Matter. It doesn't matter. He's a, it's a holiday. I believe what you taught, taught me, and I, I, it makes sense to me. It benefits me. I'll believe it. I don't care to know who he was. Like, okay. So let, right. it benefits you, but how yes. does it benefit you? It Let's talk about that. It benefits you through connection with your community, because if you're not mm-hmm. believing the same thing, if you're not on the same page in the same story, then you're outside of the story. And if you're outside of the story and everyone else is in the story, then you got to get the fuck out. Well, if you do, what what do you do then? Okay, you come Then you got to go live on an iceberg by yourself. Ugh, sounds lonely. Yeah. But Getting why can't you just of, reintegrate? How, because where? they won't let you because you don't have the pass key that is I agree to the story like if you just start barging into people's houses and you sleep wherever you want because like if you knew somebody they'd let you sleep on their couch but if you break in and go sleep on somebody's couch it's a totally different story you but are if you, start, if you behave like that then you know people are like we don't want you around you if know? you want to be if you want to live your life alone and you're okay with it if you're a loner you can quit yeah. You can get out of there. How? Sure. Be a, a Just leave. And a setter. And you won't have family contact. You won't get invited to dinners. <laughs> <laughs> what? Damn it. It's going to be a lonely road. But it'll be, a, you know, for you, it might be the, the uh, only road. For me? For anybody. What, to just leave? Your to family? leave your anything. To leave your, the thing you were attached to your whole life. Your belief system. And then... And then somebody comes in, some, some good, some guy or a girl comes in and tells you that what you were attached to isn't true, true, uh, the truth. Sounds romantic, Yuri. Right? Well, what are you gonna do? You gonna leave your all your family, your everything, and just go follow that one person that told you? Just leave. No, you dig into what that person said, and yeah. and you inspect your truth. When you said they tell you, or they provide you with evidence. Evidence, yeah. evidence. If but they you provide don't you want with it. evidence. You inspect that evidence, and then you what, judge. What if you? What, what if you? What if you take that evidence, but you don't want to inspect it because you're afraid that it might be real, true evidence to oh, support that. Then you're, you better get over that fear, Yuri. <laughs> but if you get over that fear. And you you take that in and you believe it and it makes sense and whatever you're attached to that is your life you have to let go. Would you? You don't have to let go. Talking about ego death. You're talking about uh, ego death. That's exactly what you're talking you about. That was really great. That so was then, when you let it go, that. what do you do? When you let go, what happens? What See the thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Or you become more and of you who you are. And you don't have to let go. You'd be surprised. Yeah, more of, as... more of. Yeah. It more like it amplifies you versus like not making any sense. <laughs> Reel it in. Not making sense. Well, you were. What is the question? Something. What is the question? The question is if I 
grow, let's say I grew up in a family. I have this idea. This Hypothetical situation, yes. Go, 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 yeah. And then um, I'm in my 20s, say, 22, 23, and then I start thinking for myself. Wait, whereas before, what happened? You just followed what your parents and your friends and your elders and whoever else is in your circle of friends, Mm -hmm. your family friends, and you went... Mostly it's your parents. You're still in what you've been taught all yeah. your life. It was a more of a, yeah. more of a, uh, it wasn't like an optional belief. Yeah. It was, you just, you just live in your family and you have to believe what your parents believe. Your okay. parents are your heroes and they know everything. Mm-hmm. They know more than you and you, all your sisters and brothers mm-hmm. believe that, you know, whatever idea they believe in. And your community. In your community, your relatives. and your relatives, all of them, yeah, all of on them. the same page, yeah. right? And then you go to a congregation where everybody meets, and you're and you're happy there yeah. because you, all your friends you're are there, your family, yeah. feel included. Yeah, yeah. And then some jerk comes along. Yeah. One day, mm-hmm. you know, he might have Bob Marley hairstyle, like somebody that's not part of your group. He's very controversial, and people think he's kind of odd, but a little bit. he's. he's Bring some kind of evidence of he, something. Yeah. He's using words that you've never heard before. Yeah, you're and you're just like, like well, come yeah. on, man. And then he, he gives you, he tells you that whatever you believe in is not true. Mm-hmm. And here's the evidence. Mm-hmm. You take that evidence, but you don't want to open it because the door is Because you're afraid that once you open the evidence, he might be right. But that's when that decision becomes so individual. What makes like, you open that, though? That's what I'm trying to get. Courage! It's like, no, 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 no. It's not courage. Courage! Like your priority. Do you prioritize safety or do you prioritize you won't open truth? It. I'll tell you one thing. You will not open that uh, little box it gives you with evidence. You well, won't. I do you will not do it. Depends on how high you are. And if he opens it aggressively and, and shoves it in your face, yeah. you know what you'll do? You'll pray for him and you'll leave. And you'll but you will not comprehend that the level. You only you will block it with your mind and everything you have. Yeah, because it's I guess some people can, <laughs> because that's when it goes back to what I said <laughs> earlier. Hypothetically, that's all when this. you choose that side yeah. where you you choose safety. Yeah. almost you choose your you background. Will. You choose everything that you knew, and it's it's like that call to step into the unknown. You know, it's ties into that as well. It's, it's, it's to like, go into the unknown and bring back, and bring back something to share. Mm-hmm. So Yuri, what areas of your life are the unknown? Are you kidding me right now? Really? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. I mean, okay, so I'm a dolly. Let me, let me give you um, you're, you're a millennial. Let me take right? you on a journey. Do it. I believe that mm-hmm. we are controlled by a Digital simulation. Now we have your attention. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) It's not about radical Islam. Not about radical... Honesty. Honesty. It's not about radical anything. It's about encoding life as we see it physically into a digital simulation. Because we are, we think we're real, we can, you know, feel, see objects, but everything's encoded. Sometimes there are glitches where you feel like you've experienced deja vu, 
and that glitch goes because their system is very complex. It's way beyond our Xbox or any kind of um, new technology with virtual reality. This is beyond that because we're trying to copy it. That's what humanity and technology is going to copy human life and to copy rea real. When you're playing a video game, you go, "Well, this isn't real enough." I could see little pixelated move, you know, objects, and we need reality. So, what virtual reality will become as real as we live it, but our reality is also digital simulation. Electrical, perhaps. On a, such a high level that where we can't tell until we really. It's like exhibit. We're a simulation. Like finding a simulation because yeah. we know how we how much we like simulations in our simulations. Well, we have free choice <laughs> with it. It is not like oh, you didn't go that route. You know, we're not. Gonna, there's a blockage in the video game when you're trying to go around the house to get into the barn, for example, in a shooting game, and it doesn't let yeah. you go through that. Right. Mm -hmm. But in real life. We can actually. You just climb over that fence. It's like that is not an obstacle to me. That's an obstacle. We have a choice. Right. We can actually try to get around the other way. But really, you don't exist. You're just a series of ones and zeros, uh, states of on and off of electricity pulsing in a planetary atmosphere somewhere near the small arm of the Milky Way galaxy. But go on with your question. I don't have a problem, Alex. My life is all a digital Whoa. simulation. <laughs> <laughs> yes! There we have it. That's what we've been waiting There's no for, issues, ladies and gentlemen. But, but what I wanted to get into is um, talking a little bit about Flat Earth. And I know Alex believes in Flat Earth theory. And I want to, I want to get to the bottom of this. Which Alex? The one that's sitting across from me right now. I do not. Uh, he just not. <laughs> Alex, you can face your fears. That okay, I know you don't. We don't. We don't believe in flattery. But we know somebody who does. We know we somebody do. who does. His name? name? No. He's my cousin. Nick, I wanted to ask you. What yeah. have you heard about flat Earth? And what have you come across? I've heard a lot of things about flat Earth. Uh, part of it is from having the perspective of a single human. You know, not being able to have a perspective granted to us by satellite or an airplane or something. What do they believe in, the Flat Earthers? Do they believe we live in a dome? Mm. Like a Truman Show? There's some of that, too. There's a bunch of erroneous theories that don't really hold any water um, or account for gravity or anything that makes any sense with whatever else that works in the world. Uh, but I guess the idea kind of It seems like it, any old thing that doesn't make any sense that you can hold on to because it really doesn't, it's not about the idea itself, it's not the content. Like if you disagree with the Bible on, oh, because that didn't happen, you didn't really walk on water, you missed the point of the story. And the same thing with the flat earth, like you missed the point if you think that the people are thinking that it's just flat, they think that the government is lying to them, which is true. So mm -hmm. that's the whole point of the story. So they're just saying it, like, everything that we've been told. Not they, everything. Well, okay. a lot of things, that, a lot of truth and a lot of false lies. 
Okay, sorry. Yeah. Phrase that. <laughs> false lies. False lies. Well, false lies. You it's mean just a trick. Half truth. Yeah. Yeah. False lie is more of a a lie that has a lot of truth in it. That's all the lies. Not every lie. Some <laughs> lies. Some lies. One hundred percent pure lie. Well, going back to my earlier point about <laughs> the truth being evident in even the greatest lies. I, I mean. You could challenge me on that, like if you said that you are uh, like a grizzly bear, right? And that's the total opposite of the truth. Like nothing about that is true. Or you say that like you are the concept gray, you know, something that's even farther removed, or that you don't exist. Like the opposite of what the truth. That is. could be argued. But I could see that as true in the sense that you don't exist really. You. The idea of you, depending on what you mean by you, it's 100% true. It's a matter of interpretation. So limiting the meaning of the words, any words that anyone says, which, you know, are infinite and mysterious in their connotation, that you're, you're going to lose something translation. So I think that you are a grizzly bear that doesn't exist. I agree with him. I concur. Man, I just that reminds me of something. What, Yuri? Do tell. I will. Grizzly Man. Have you seen that? Uh, I know the storyline. Yeah. That's a deluded individual. No, it it is a comedy. Unintentional comedy. I don't know. It's dark comedy. I don't think it's unintentional. I don't think... Herzog had no idea what was going on. (laughs) Would you mind explaining to to the listeners? Unintentional comedy. That um, it's a it's a movie, documentary, documentary movie, of documentary this movie. guy. He um, obviously he wasn't all there, but it's arguable. He takes a lot of great footage of bears. Yeah, and we're grateful <laughs> to him for that. Right? Yeah, he touched the you know, he he touches them. Yeah, and then eventually you know, I don't want to give. Uh, some maybe some people haven't seen the movie. Spoiler alert! But I, I, you need to watch it. Steve Irwin, intense. Steve Irwin. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. What's his? What's the uh, director's name? Bernard Herzog. Yeah, he's got a few films, and that's one of them. It is. And if anybody wants to watch it, you should watch it. What is it called? I have the Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man. Okay. Yeah, he, it's a great, great documentary. Are they and I can't, you, we can't are really they talk. Paying you to plug, plug this? No, I can't. <laughs> I can't talk about it. How much are they paying you to plug this? We can't Grizzly talk. Man. We cannot talk yeah, about I've it. I've never heard you talk about bears ever in your life. I brought it up. It's my fault. Okay. <laughs> we cannot I'm talk. Sorry, I'm sorry. Sure. Here, I'm the player. <laughs> I cannot talk about the documentary because you haven't seen the documentary. So uh, it was just me talking. So I will. We'll, oh God. Once you watch it, but that. Maybe, maybe for now. Maybe for now, we'll just have to watch it. And what then, now? Everybody has to watch now, this. Now, you don't all have of a sudden, we have to watch. You don't have to. I said you could. I'm, maybe I'm never can. doing homework again. I don't know. <laughs> you can watch. You can watch it if you like comedy. You know what? That? I appreciate okay, your yeah. radical honesty. <laughs> <laughs> good one. I will never use the word radical in my life. You're done with it. It's over. After over tonight. Okay. No more radical in my life. If I ever I never use that word, it. I will. Yeah. 
I don't remember the last. You ever used radical? You want to go, hey, that's radical, man. Hey, that jump, that was radical. I've never said that in my life. I think it's. But now I feel like now I feel like I want to. Yeah. You know, like you. Yes. From California skating. From California. Hey, dude. That jump, that is so rad. Sick. That was rad, so rad. bro. Yeah. So rad. Yeah. I oh, mean, people use rad. rad. I use rad, but I mean radiant. Radiant. Yes. Oh. A lot of people think you're using rad. Is rad. Yeah. People do they do. ever ask? Do they know? Do no, they know you mean radiant? Don't. But that's that's my secret joy. Nice. So the radical guy. <laughs> that's awesome. So the radical guy comes up to you and be like, "Hey, man, what's up? Yeah. You want to go do some radical things? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you'll be like, "Nah, I'm into." Different rags. I'm more of a, I'm more of a mod, <laughs> a moderate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but where did this uh, radical thing? We have, you know, to wrap it up. Where, where, what is the radical? Um, it would be radical if you, could, if people could be honest. Radical honesty. Where, what? I haven't heard that before. Well, uh, when I'm watching Grizzly Man, uh, just Google. Radical honesty. You'll get some pretty interesting stuff. Like YouTube it. Radical honesty. Yeah, just YouTube it. Yeah. Okay. That's what hashtag? I suggest. Hashtag. I'll you can. That. I mean, it's advisable to use hashtags as often as possible. I, if you want. To. Especially that one. <laughs> radical honesty. Like. Hashtag radical radical honesty. Hashtag no. It's hashtag real talk. Real, real talk. talk. Yeah. Well, Nick, from all the places you've been, and you we've been to many places too. Where? Which where have you been? Well, Canada, Mexico, yeah, Tacoma. Uh, <laughs> where, where? Which place? Which place do you miss the most? Uh, from all the places you've been, it could be in even New York. It doesn't have to be outside of the country. I'd say I miss the feeling of home the most. The feeling of home. Yeah. It's Is not that a associated place. with the place? No. no, I've lived in too many places for that. Where was where, where do you feel home at most? Mostly at home. How do you say that? Where do you? Where is your home? Where do you feel most at home? Uh, I don't know. Like here, just in conversation, or sitting quietly. I'm at home most places now, but it doesn't feel special because I'm at home everywhere. So it's not like a special place at home. Do you ever go to Walmart? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have that feeling there, do you? I do there. I mean, I like to get out as soon as possible, but that's probably metaphorical as well. It's hard to believe that Walmart could be your home. Yuri, where do you feel at home? Where, where is all this aggression coming from? He's <laughs> just like that. It's okay. It's fine. You're fine. Okay. Um, I feel home. Is that it? I love lamp. <laughs> I feel home. I back you. Do you still feel at home with your parents? Um, I never felt. Your siblings, maybe. Uh, home. Yeah. Hmm. Parents? Home? Your home starts with your parents. If you have parents. If you have, if you have them. So, 
I don't know what to tell you. Do you have parents? Yeah. Do you still feel at home with them? Do I feel at home with them? Is that your question? Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like nothing really changed. You know. What do you mean nothing really changed? Nothing changes. Ooh, There's no changes. Uh, when you're asking me, do you still feel? I don't still feel. I, I always feel the same. <laughs> You know, I felt the same. Like Radical honesty. I, I felt like they're my parents. Mm -hmm. I always had a good relationship with them. Yeah. And they're my parents right now. But I don't know what you're really asking. <laughs> <laughs> we you, were asking where do you? They feel are my most parents. I feel. Like, I was asking oh, where you yeah, feel yeah. Most at home I feel. No, I feel like they are my parents. <laughs> but I feel like home <laughs> is not my parents. They're just my parents. Of course. Okay. So your association of home is They provided not a home for me. Yeah. I'm grateful for for many years. But, but are they home? No. I don't feel home. Okay. If, yeah. You know, one day they will pass. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to lose my home. Yeah. I'll just okay. lose my parents. That was my question. Yeah. Where is home? Where is home? Yeah. I want to believe that home is uh, somewhere where I'm happy. Well, what do you really believe? That's what I believe. Home is what you want to believe. Home should be a very good feeling. A feeling of comfort. Do you have that feeling of comfort? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. where? In the bathroom? Where? That could be a one comfort. That could be one comfort. It all depends. Sometimes it's not very comfortable. Oh, serious? Yeah, sure. But every, every place, even your worst place, could have a comfort home feeling to it, right? You can become accustomed to yeah. a very uncomfortable <laughs> I hated school, but would school ever did it feel like home? No. Yeah. So no. Where's home in the future, Yuri? Home in the future? Be periodically honest. Could be another country. Ah, Ecuador, perhaps? No, not hmm. perhaps. Definitely. Definitely. Not definitely. <laughs> perhaps definitely would not be home for me. <laughs> Good names for kids, no? But I don't know why we're we're um, questioning me. No, that's that's right. Because yeah. I didn't know I wasn't the one coming up with this radical. Honesty. No, I did. <laughs> I did. Yes. So I don't have no idea what you're asking me, but you did let him host. But I did. Yeah. I did ask him what it means, and he told me that it feels like home. So I don't know why we ended up me me explaining about it. Because then we'll have to. I think it was necessary. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know. I, I think it was just you. No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Now we have to. Go to Kate, we don't have time. That's true. No. It could be brief. Briefly. What is home to you? Us together. Somewhere. Anywhere. No, not me. What? Don't. Hey, no. Oh, you? Him? Yeah. Okay. Yes, that the connotation of when Kate says us, it means to so it, them. Is, yeah. is it a person? Is it a place? Is See, it when you're looking at him... Idea? Whoever's listening doesn't know you're looking at him answering my question. Classic radio yeah. move. I think you Boom. should narrate, Yuri. <laughs> Boom. 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 <laughs> Five minutes to never listen. But honestly, listen but honestly back I can say that I've been away from him and felt completely at home with myself. Feel <laughs> yeah. home, you know. So yeah, Alex is your home, okay? But being with him is like better. Yeah, but I still feel at home within myself alone. But when he's gone, now you'll have a cat. Yes. 
Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Fluffy Munchkin, we can't get into that. That's why we have to end it early for the cat. All right. That's, that's and exactly why we home. have to end this early. You know, home is wherever I find it. And I find it in interesting places. Places that I, you know, least expect. I didn't, you know, wasn't even aware of. That there are places that were there that I've never visited that feel like home. I've visited places I've never been to that have a resonance that I can't explain. It is kind of like a strange deja vu kind of feeling. Sedona is one of those places I definitely want to go back. Well, it, yeah. But home, home is, yeah, so wherever. You, would you say it's like a place? It's wherever I find it. No, not and I find it many places. It's it's wherever I look. It's, I don't know, it's... Now that you mentioned it, for me, I think, now that I think about it... <laughs> now that you've heard now my answer? Now that, <laughs> now that I had your answers, of course, I'm going to change Refer my answer. Sure, home for me is photos of back in the day. 1950s or older photos. I feel like it brings home. Is your parents' photo albums going through them? No, it's just no, no. like really vintage photos of. He's. I see that resonance in him. Actually, he. You know. He has that poster. He has a poster in, in yeah, his like, home of the 1920s like of that workers. Kind of, workers. Yeah. That kind sitting of, on a rail. That brings, that. It brings a feeling to like a home feeling to me. So that maybe that would be my answer. You a vampire? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you, man? That I don't know if that is how old that is, but describe it. Describe it, to people. Just a church. He has a painting of a, of a church. It's a very, like, teal it's, color. And it's it was drawn. Winter time. It's did a you, winter time. Did you quickly morning? tell the story about how you acquired this painting? Yeah. But My grandma it. lived next to another old lady. She was Jewish. Mm. And she lost her whole family in the war. Mm. My grandma's, how she described her as she's just gone a little crazy. She went through so much in her life. Yes. So much loss. So, but, and then she goes, yeah, she comes over and shows me paintings and draws things for me, and she's a little crazy. I'm like, I just wanted to find out. So I knock on her door, and she opens the door, and she's got paintings everywhere. Like her whole, she's, her whole apartment is filled with her paintings. You can barely walk through them. So I picked that one out. And I wanted to buy it. Yeah. She was a bargainer. She bargained. She didn't want to give it away. Yeah. So I bought it for 200 bucks. Nice. And, um, of course, I didn't tell my grandma that I bought it from her. That she didn't give her, you know. The, but, yeah, it, it, it's a nice one. And I put a frame on it. And I think it uh, it's a good one. It's art. I like yeah. the uh, whitewashed, simple yeah. wood frame. Cool, like sea foam and blue. I was gonna do like a hundred for it. She was like, nope, three hundred. She's an artist, man. Yeah, she was really bargaining. It's a piece of her you have in your home now, Yuri. How do you Mm -hmm. feel about that? Yeah, don't you think she's great? Great. I feel like I feel awesome. Nikolai Bondrovsky, thank you for being our host today.
Thank on you. Tree of Life Storytellers. And we hope you enjoyed this segment. If anything that we've said, that you've heard, has caught your interest, feel free to get in touch, write us. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Thanks for listening. Thank you.